When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Now, Northern Ireland's private sector output is down for a third month in a row, according to an Ulster Bank uh, survey. That would sound like as if we should be concerned. Let me speak to Jamie DeLarge, who will explain it to us. Good morning, Jamie. Good morning, Frank. Jamie, what would be looked at here, and should we be worried? Yeah, we should be worried. Um, this is the first time in six years this has happened, and what I'm talking about is um, a decline in output across four sectors in the economy that uh, are monitored by the Ulster Bank uh, and for this survey, and that is services, uh, construction, manufacturing, and retail. In fact, uh, retail sales, just to take one of those sectors, retail sales, in other words, shop sales, fell um, uh, in every, uh, every month uh, since the start of the year. So that's, that's, um, that just tells you. And, and, and in fact, the, the, the fall has been recently the fastest in seven years. So people are not spending, which means they're, they're keeping their hands in their pockets and they're, and they're keeping their purses and wallets tucked away. Um, the concern is, um, and, uh, sorry, the, uh, the explanation, well, you, you can speculate, but the firms themselves mention Brexit uncertainty. And they also, some of them make reference to the fact that we have uh, no administration at Stormont, uh, no, no uh, executive at Stormont. So, you know, you can, you can then debate about all the various reasons why this might be happening, but certainly it is uh, something to be very much concerned about. You take a thing like export sales. Um, export orders fell at their fastest pace in over six years. Now, why that's a particularly surprising and depressing uh, statistic is that, you know, the pound is very weak. This should be a great time to export um, because uh, our goods would be valued more cheaply relative to other currencies. But that, that has not uh, prevented this uh, dramatic fall in export orders. So everywhere you look, um, you see signs that the economy is, no, is not doing well. What can be done to correct it or is it beyond the control of everyone, including government? Well, you, you are subject to um, uh, global factors uh, and those that, you know, few people can, can, can really uh, influence. Uh, I mean, obviously, this, uh, this spat between uh, the United States and China is not helping sentiment across the world. Um, 
they're, they're, um, they're, 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 that is a sort of thing which makes people very nervous about investment. But, but clearly, locally, closer to home, if we got some form of uh, arrangement uh, for Brexit, that would help a great deal. Um, uh, you know, this continuing uh, doubt about what's going to happen is clearly not good for business. I mean, it says a bit of a cliche that business uh, wants certainty. And even if there were to be a deal that wasn't uh, to be as as attractive as people would want, if you might take an example, uh, um, Theresa May's withdrawal agreement, um, nevertheless, I think that would be much better than the state we're in, whereas we're careering now to the end of October, there seems to be no sign of any solution coming up. There's talk of, um, we don't want to have a Brexit discussion here, but there's there's talk among these contenders for the Conservative leadership of a renegotiation of the withdrawal agreement. Absolutely no hope. It's, it's, it's surprising that, you know, that serious, educated people, uh, clever uh, individuals are talking about the possibility of getting the EU to change its mind over this. So we have no idea what's going to happen. Uh, my best guess is that when we get to the end of October, of course, it depends on who's, who becomes the new Conservative leader and the new uh, Prime Minister. But my suspect, suspicion is that we will ask for a further extension because we'll be no further on um, in the autumn than we are now. So that's, But dealing with that would be a huge boost. Getting something back, getting an um, administration back in Stormont locally would help because, you know, um, decisions, we, we might criticise our politicians, but... In the absence of them, the, um, the, the civil servants are trying to do their best, but obviously they're limited in what they can do. And for instance, one of the things that, um, that might help, probably, sorry, might, would help the economy would be the building of a new north-south interconnector. Uh, now, that's just simply not going to happen. Uh, I, I, I don't think the senior civil servant of the department concerned will go out on a limb and give the go-ahead and push that through uh, without political approval. And similarly, the other decisions that they might take, and even though they are empowered under Karen Bradley's Act to take decisions that would otherwise uh, be, be, um, be taken by politicians, I don't think that they are going to... Uh, um, going to risk uh, been ending up in the courts by taking very dramatic moves, radical changes in policy. That's not something that they would be comfortable with doing. And these are the sort of things that would get the economy going. So there is no doubt about it. Getting back, getting uh, politicians back, running the economy whatever their faults, whatever their limitations would be much better than where we are now. Just one other question loosely linked to everything that we're talking about and you touched on it there with the leadership campaign for the for the Tory party. Do you think across the United Kingdom all of the United Kingdom and Ireland at this present moment in time politicians are listening to the debates and the discussions and they're worried that they might be asked the question did you ever take drugs? What, what, what percentage of politicians across those islands, our islands, do you think might have taken drugs, Jimmy? I don't know, but I, I think that the... the um, I, I suspect that um, there is a greater acceptance um, that in the past, when people were perhaps at university, when they were... Um, much younger that uh, some people may have dabbled in drugs. Now, 
I think that if a politician were to say, look, yes, uh, I have a cocaine habit, but of course it's strictly under control. And I only do it the weekends when I'm not at work. I mean, they wouldn't last too long. But I don't know that, and I don't think that to admit to having done drugs at some point uh, is fatal for a political career. So I don't really think they're quaking, quaking in their boots about it. Um, uh, but I, clearly they, they, they would not relish the, um, the, 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 the possibility of being found out. And there is the accusation of hypocrisy for those politicians who've been very anti-drugs and then are found to have, um, to have uh, taken them. So, you know, there is that. That there's always that as an issue, and that's hypocrisy. And that's not really about the drugs themselves. It's about telling people you must do this and doing something different in your own personal life. But I, I, I don't get the impression that if someone said, like when I was a student 40, 30 years ago, I, I took some cannabis, I don't know that the world would fall in on them, but that's, that's my assessment. Yeah, but that gets lets them off the hook. But the idea of taking cocaine and being a journalist and writing about people who take cocaine in a negative way while taking it yourself suggests that indeed Gove is in a very difficult position. Well, I, 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 that's, that's the point. I don't want to talk particularly about Gove and the situation because I, 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 I've only, I only sort of know a bit more than the headlines. I actually read a bit about it, but I, I'm, not, I'm not sort of competent to talk about it. But I think of what, what you're, the accusation that you're uh, concerned about there, and I, I think is a more fundamental one, which is the level, the charge of hypocrisy. You know that you're, if, if you if you say um, you're anti-drugs or you're, um, um, you, you know, you believe in family life, uh, and then it's turned out to be that you. You know that you first of all you you take drugs and you've got a, a, a and you've a, a, a stream of on of, of affairs. Well, I mean it's it's not necessarily the action itself, but the hypocrisy that that I think that particularly bothers people. Now, obviously, we 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 just live in a, in a less uh, condemnatory wor- world, and certainly with regard to certain things um, like moral infidelity and 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 occasional drug use. But I think that people are still very hard on the notion that some people are saying well you, you, you should do this and in fact we will enforce laws to make it tough for you and then at the same time they've been getting away with it in their own private lives I, I, I mean, we can't, they can thole many things but they can't thole that But if two people in the cabinet have admitted to at some point, point taking drugs is there not a suggestion that society has to accept that far more people take drugs than we ever think. We, we look around our place of work, we look around the clubs and societies that we're part of, we look around our home village. There must be far more people taking drugs or have taken drugs than we want to accept. I, I, I think more people probably uh, have taken it. But I mean, it's when you say, you know, the, the thing about talking about drugs is that you then have to start being more specific. Um, you know, um, I, I drink booze. Um, it's a drug. Um, if you drink enough of it, uh, it'll kill you. Yeah, but it's it, not illegal. It's not the important p- bit is illegal here. Well, you see, but actually, you know, that is a, that, that is a distinction, but some really medically, 
Um, if you if you ladle the drink into yourself um, and you get out into a car and and you drive and you crash and you uh, yeah, but that kill becomes someone, that becomes illegal then. So we're we're, well, ta- we're talking we're talking well, about the consumption of a product. One is legal, one is illegal. So if yes, you consume alcohol, that is a legal thing to do. If you consume cannabis, that is illegal. I, but I think people have moved on from the situation where they think. Um, one form of drug is acceptable because it's legal or um, and another drug is unacceptable because it's illegal. I, I think that people have a, a more balanced view about it and think some drugs um, are are not necessarily that harmful and not to, to the person themselves and to society. The fact that it is illegal is obviously a consideration, but it's not the main thing. So people were looking at somebody falling down drunk and, and um, saying, well, that's perfectly legal for them to do that. The fact that then they go home and they, um, they abuse their children or their, or, or their wife, assuming it's a man, um, you know, that, I don't know that people say, well, look, you know, that's okay, um, well, leaving aside the, the abuse, which would be criminal, but, but you know, the people would say that behaviour is all right because the drug is fine. I, I think that people are more, have a more sophisticated view of drugs, and they will say something like, drink is okay. Um, it, it, cannabis, um, it, it, in the, some sort of use of cannabis, might be acceptable, perhaps at a time over a shorter period, you know, when you're younger. But I think then they start thinking cocaine, heroin, and I think that people get a wee bit more censor- censorious because they think this is this is moving into dangerous territory. So I do think that people, you know, that people have a, a, a softer drugs have now gained a level of acceptance that they wouldn't have in, in, in the past because people have a more, if you like, sophisticated view of the damage it might cause. But there are certain certain drugs they would draw the line at, and in fact that includes most of them, that they think not only are they illegal, but they're dangerous and damaging. Jamie, interesting commentary. I'm going to throw that out to see what uh, people think. Thank you very much for your analysis uh, of it, considering you came on to talk about uh, the Ulster Bank's latest survey, but uh, I do appreciate uh, your your overview. Uh, What do you think? Would you want a Prime Minister who had, at some point in the past, done cocaine? Would you want a Prime Minister who'd done pot in the past, who'd been smoking cannabis? Would you think that's all right? It's all right. Or do you have to draw the line and say it's illegal? It's part of the drugs deals. It's coming in from wherever criminal gangs are involved. Terrorist organisations benefit. So therefore, there is no way that a prime minister could in at any time in his or her life have smoked dope or indeed involved themselves in harder drugs. Uh, how would you analyse it? How would you make your mind up on it? Uh, do let us know. 028903 Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. 5 